Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You stopped with Roberto Clemente. Henry Aaron was the greatest right fielder of our generation. Baseball. You got something against baseball? No, I like baseball. I just never understood how you guys can spend so much time discussing it. It's time for Hit and Run. You don't know how to play first base. Scott? That's right. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, watch. It's incredibly hard. Three hours of Chicago baseball talk every Sunday from 9 to noon. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has ruled by like an army of steamrollers. And erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Starring Barry Rosner and Joe Ostrowski. What's our record, Larry? Eight and sixteen. Eight and sixteen. How'd we ever win eight? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Hit and run on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts. Buy me some Cracker Jacks. And I don't even care if we ever get back. And it's a row, row, row for the home team. Good morning, baseball fans here in Chicago and listening around the globe on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Live from the Hyundai Studios, this is Hit and Run, The Score's venerable baseball show. I am Barry Rosner, and my partner in perpetuity is Joe Ostrowski. We'll be with you today. Until noon. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Mr. Rosner. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Same to you. Same to everyone. Hope you're having a great weekend. To those of you who have served or are serving, we very much appreciate your service. Hope you have a great holiday as well. Here's what we have planned for you today. As always, lots of Cubs and White Sox conversation in the first hour and throughout the show. We hope you'll join us at 312-644-6767 at 10 o'clock. We'll spend some time with Sports Illustrated's Tom Verducci, longtime baseball writer and broadcaster. Had the Cubs on Fox last night with Len Casper at 11 o'clock. We'll visit with Pirates beat writer for MLB.com, Adam Berry. The Cubs are visiting the surprising Buckos tomorrow for three games this week. At 11.30, it's our weekly visit with the score's very own Bruce Levine, our producer, director, engineer, and intern, is Eli Hershkovich. Kevin Zipak's here all morning handling the updates. I am at Barry Rosner on Twitter. Joe is at Joe0670. The Hit and Run account is Hit and Run 670. You should follow that for show updates. 
The phone number, as you know, is 312-644-6767. You can also join in at 6711 via the text zone on the score. If you text us, you'll get a text back acknowledging your text standard message and data rates may apply. Joe Ostrowski, you Darvish is back on the DL. Chris Jimenez is back too. I think yes. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, speculation immediately that he was going to become Darvish's Darvish's catcher. Right, that's why that's he's here, it. right? But I, I think what the Cubs are doing is they're just going to DL him every time he's facing a start at home, and that way he never has to start at home again. <laughs> so that they'll they'll just continue to do this. But what and was it, your first reaction when you saw it come across? What's uh, your take on him for a second? I- Uh, you Darvish, yeah. Talk about that for a sec. Talk about that sec for Roz. That's not a question. I did ask a question. I know you did. So, but but he's not. I know. That's not a question. Ask a question. Why does that bother you? What's your take on that? <laughs> That's a question. Give me a take on that for a second. <laughs> Talking to the GMs, my, can't even form a question. My first thought when it when it happened was, um, when you hear, look, 99% of the time, when you hear triceps, 99% of the time, it's either elbow or it's rotator. Terry's minor, Terry's major, whichever. It, it's not, they're not, they don't come out and say, yeah, he's he's got some tightness in his rotator. It's at the back of the triceps. and it, People hear rotator, that's the last thing they hear. Or if you say, yeah, he's got some discomfort in the lower triceps near the elbow, we don't think it's elbow. Again, people don't hear anything else except elbow. So they say triceps. It's not. 99% of the time it's not. It's either elbow discomfort for a guy who's had Tommy John or it's something related to the rotator. In this case, obviously, you're thinking it's probably elbow related. And if you if you parse Joe Madden's words, it sounds very much like it is elbow related. Some inflammation. I, you know, I my first thought was not good. That was my first thought. Is is this is not good? What was your first thought? Is that real? Oh man, that's a real story. Everything that's been going on, he's looked pretty good the last couple of times out. I. I I think there was some momentum moving forward. Yeah. And actually, maybe I was sounding foolish, but I was thinking that Darvish can get back to his career norms. There's enough time for this. Oh, yeah. His strikeout rate is about what it's been throughout his career. I thought there was a lot of upside moving forward. And then now people are going to pounce on Darvish is weak. They're going to do that no matter what. Even though it's a real injury, that's been the narrative out there. And now the door is open. It's going to happen again. And hopefully it's just one start. It's just, there's just not a good feel to this right now. It's funny. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things sort of happening at the same time here. You have the Glaber Torres going absolutely nuts in New York. And now people are, people are on that. It's like, wait a minute. Did you forget you won the World Series because Aroldis Chapman was here? I haven't like, heard too many people upset about it. You have? I've seen some of that on social media already. They never should have done that kind of thing. Oh, that's ridiculous. Of course it is. They, they are not. They were not winning that World Series without him. Not happening. In spite of how Joe used him, yes. <laughs> it would not have happened. No. Especially him. go back to game five, yeah. And then you're hearing some of the, you know, the Darvish Arietta stuff. This is from uh, SI.com this week. Jake Arietta in his first two starts 
Six runs, four earned, and ten and two-thirds. That was against the Marlins and the Rays with six Ks. Then he struck out ten Pirates in his third start of the year. That was that really good one, and I saw that one. And he did look really good. And his cutter on the on the outside corner, that elevated cutter on the outside corner. That you can't was, hit. That, that is unhittable. Mm-hmm. I saw that start. I thought, okay, that that's that's pretty good. In fact, I was in with Bruce, Bruce Levine. Uh, I don't remember if it was the the morning after or the night after it was that weekend. I said, he, he looked awfully good, but it's one start. It's just one start. Since then, 19 strikeouts in 34 innings over six starts. Seven of those strikeouts came in his win over the Braves on Wednesday. This Again, this is from SI.com. His strikeout rate is down to 17%. That's half of what it was when he was winning a Cy Young. He has two or fewer strikeouts in five of his nine outings this season. He had four, two or fewer Ks, during his entire Cubs career, none of which came between June 4th of 2014 and September 20th of 2017. Arietta is ranked 81st among 92 qualified pitchers in strikeout rate. So he's not missing bats, but his walk rate is still terrible. It's at 8.5% this year. His XFIPS 4. Um, he was, uh, you know, when he was at his best, he was throwing 95, 97, 98. You know, he had the slider, the cutter, the curveball. And guys were missing a lot out of the zone. He had a 33% O swing rate. He swings outside the strike zone. Mm-hmm. Hitters made contact on just 59% of those swings. So basically top 20 in baseball over that period in both of those categories. That's not happening anymore. Um, his uh, In 2015, he was throwing a lot more pitches out of the strike zone than in it. And yet he had a walk rate of only 5%. So what does that tell you? I mean, he had the fifth lowest walk rate for a pitcher who threw four, less than 50% of his pitches in the strike zone. That's like Madison Bumgarner, Chris Sale, Zach Greinke kind of stuff. All right, so 16 was a lot like 15, but there was some diminished velocity. Strikeout rate was falling. The walk rate was rising. You have to think that's what Theo was looking at. Strike rate is falling. Walk rate is rising. Yeah. Velocity diminishing. O swing rate way down. So this is what's happening now. Um, hitters have, have stopped swinging at his pitches out of the strike zone. They're not chasing anymore. His O swing rate is 26%. That's 74th among qualified starting pitchers. That's, you know, Andrew Kashner kind of stuff. Um, on top of that, hitters are making contact on 77% of his pitches out of the strike zone. That's the highest O contact rate in the majors. He's also throwing more pitches in the strike zone, 51%. That's more than at any time since 2013. You you remember what that was like. And hitters are making contact on 90% of the pitches they swing at in the strike zone. That's the highest rate of his career and 13th highest in all of baseball. So you have reduced velocity, disappearing strikeouts, ballooning walk rate, He's throwing more pitches in the zone than ever and has still walked almost 9% of the batters he's faced. And they're not chasing out of the zone. So So you're saying this is not going to continue? No, I'm saying everything that you've seen so far is going to get worse. Yeah. Um, he's, 
he he's got a two four five ERA, a one fifteen FIP. But as you said, I mean a one fifteen WHIP. You said his FIP is three twenty four. His X FIP is four oh two. His Sierra is four thirty one. If you like Sierra, which is just sort of another form of FIP or X FIP. His um, fastball velocity is up a little bit from last year, from ninety two one to ninety two seven. But nowhere near a few years ago, of course. Basically, Sierra, it, it says that strikeouts are good, walks are bad. No kidding. Yeah. But it, it does more measuring ground ball versus fly ball rate and BABIP under those circumstances. So a Sierra 431, you know, that that's probably more of an indication of where we're going with this. I think I think all of this gets worse, which is not a surprise to me. I don't think it's a surprise to you. It's certainly not a surprise to Theo so before you, you do the you know the whole they should have resigned Jake Arrieta thing, if they thought he was going to be good, they would have resigned him. You know, I mean, if they thought he was going to be Jake Arrieta, they would have resigned. Him. And we were with the Cubs on this, one hundred percent, hundred percent. What I will say though, w- w- something I do think is positive out of Arrieta, and which you brought up outweighs this, but his ground ball rate is up eleven percent from last year. And that's exactly where he was in 2015. Now, it's, it's a couple months, and the fly balls are down from last year. Last year at Wrigley, it was 35%, very high, and it's down to 27%. So he's getting more ground balls, which might show you why he's getting some of these performances. But, yeah, I agree with you. Over the course of this entire season, you're not going to see Jake finish where he is right now. This hour on the score is brought to you by Schomburg Lincoln. When searching for a new Lincoln, search SchombergLincoln.com. Well, and people are going to say, well, I'd rather have him than Darvish understood. But I think you mean an injured Darvish. You wouldn't rather have him than a Darvish. We know what happened. Yes, exactly. You you wouldn't rather have him than an effective you Darvish. I I wouldn't. Well, even before the DL stint. People would have said, well, I would take him over Darvish. Okay, it's easy to, to say that when you have the results in front of you. But I, I agree with the Cubs' decision. I do, in letting Jake walk. You know, it's uh, – yeah, the Arietta thing, listen, that, that's I, – I, I can't believe that's even a conversation. As for Darvish, look, that's the danger of free agency. We talk about it all the time on this show. You, d- you dive into free agency – in any way, shape, or form, position player or starting pitcher, but specifically starting pitcher, it's ri- there's risk. There's huge risk. You can take all the MRIs you want. MRI stands for maybe really injured. It's not an absolute indicator of anything. Unless, I mean, it, if you get the perfect spot with the perfect MRI, you might find it. But most orthopods will tell you, until you open it up and look in there, you don't know, what, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what you're... You don't know what you're going to find until you get in there, and you open up any pitcher's elbow or any pitcher's shoulder, and you're going to find you're going to find shrapnel all over the place. So, of course, there's danger in that, and that's and that's where we are with this. That you have a lot of money invested in this starting rotation, not to mention the prospects you traded to get Jose Quintana, and your starting rotation has not held up its end of the bargain, and that's why you are where you are. It has become silly season in Chicago awfully early in the year. And there was a lot of nonsense this week. Oh, so much. But that's what happens when you play bad baseball. You play bad baseball, this is what you get. This is your reward for playing bad baseball, is you got to listen to a lot of nonsense. You get asked questions that are nonsensical. 
you have to deal with all of the absurdity. That's what happened. What do you think goes on? I covered a lot of bad teams. It, it was always it, it was always insanity because you, when when you're bad, especially if you're expected to be good, it's going to be a lot of nonsense. In the towns where they're they're supposed to be good and they're bad, there's a lot of nonsense. Well, that's your reward for being bad. I'm not saying the Cubs are bad. The record doesn't say they're bad, but they've played a lot of bad baseball. More of it last night, by the way, which we'll get to. But that's your reward for playing ugly baseball is you've got to deal with that nonsense. If, if they were 15 games over 500, you think anybody would be talking about Manny Machado? Of course not. No. no. It's nonsense. But that's what you have to deal with when you, when you play like this. So you've, you've earned that. As a team, you've earned that. Do your jobs. Earn your money. Play the way you're supposed to play. Catch the baseball. And pitch the baseball. You don't have to deal with any of this stuff. Chris Bryant was dead on, and people were taken aback. Whoa, Chris Bryant said the Cubs are playing average baseball. He was right. He was right. Who, who, who was taken aback by that? What, what it, is, it, it made headlines. Like, yeah, isn't that obvious? If you're, if you're watching this, what aspect of this team has been great? You can make an argument for the bullpen, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. That's not the first thing you want sticking out. You yeah. want you want your your offense that that lineup clubbing, or you want that starting rotation. People were saying the best they've ever had when they <laughs> they won a World Series on the rotation, but people didn't want to give them the credit. They gave the the young hitters the credit, but that was your best rotation of all time. And people want to jump up and say this is a bunch of guys in their thirties. You you can trade for the f- the five best hitters in the game if you want. Look at look at the Yankees. Look at the last few days of the Yankees. What's that look like when you don't pitch? You can hit all you want. If you don't pitch, you got no chance. Okay? So you can talk about all the nonsense you want to talk about. If this starting rotation in which Theo Epstein has invested a lot of money and a lot of faith and traded the prospects to get doesn't do its job and you don't catch the ball like Ian Happ last night, when he froze for a period of about, I would say, two steps, and then went backward three or four steps before he finally took an angle he's to the baseball to right field to start with, yeah. So and, and I mean, he, you know, that's as that's about as bad as that ball can be played in center field. That costs you the game. There's yep. two runs. Two runs cost because of that play. And every and the, time we see that out of Ian Happ, the reaction is going to be what in center field? Why isn't the other guy out there? Yeah, well, every single time. And it did cost you the game. And it's not Ian Happ's fault. I'm not blaming Ian Happ. He's not a center fielder. Not a center fielder. Let, right. me, a- let, me, let me ask you this. You Joystick. have a good one. Let me ask you this. This is the same question I was asking in July and August and September of 2016 about second base. Who do you want playing there in the postseason? Who do you want playing there when it matters? Obviously a rhetorical question. Right. So... If I ask you the same question right now about center field, we know we, we know the answer to that as well. Yeah. So my 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 question is this: is is it okay to give away pitches? And maybe Jose Quintana stays in that game last night. Is it okay to give away outs? Is it okay to give away runs? Is it okay to lose a game during the regular season because you've got the wrong guy in the wrong position? Because a matchup says, well, this is the right offensive matchup for tonight. And I'm not putting that on Joe Madden. That's an organizational decision. He doesn't operate in a vacuum, okay? 
He's given a lot of information which but, directs him to a to a specific to a specific reason for doing what he did. They just had two ga- two days off this week too. That's the other thing. A lot of it is about rest and and staying ahead of that. And they know they have a lot of games coming up in the second half. But they were off on Monday and Thursday with this schedule. And some people think that's why Caratini was set down, because the guy's just not getting playing time. And, and that's certainly understandable. And I'm an Elmora guy. You know this. You know, I've been wondering since before the playoffs in 2016 why he can't find time okay, to what, play. But, but I'll say this about Elmora. Three times in the last two weeks he has had some just horrific base running. And that's not going to endear himself to the manager when he's trying to get in the lineup every day. Yeah, That's also bad, by the way. That falls under the category of bad baseball. That falls in, in, in my world, falls into the same category as not being able to catch the baseball, as not being able to run the bases wisely. Cannot, you cannot do some of the things that he's done of late. Got away with the one when he, when he scored. But, yes, right. But that's also not okay. This stuff, you have to clean this up. Bad situational hitting, bad defense, bad starting pitching. Where where do you think you should be? If you're a Cub fan, where do you think? And, and you know, some people don't like it, Joe. They don't like hearing the truth. Some Cub fans don't want that. They You know, they want sunshine and lollipops. And there's places. And there's there's lots of cheerleading. If you want cheerleading, it's really easy to find. Okay? <laughs> don't have to search. It's really easy to find. But the truth is, is bad situational hitting. Bad defense and bad starting pitching adds up to what? Like it's not a it's, this is not a complicated formula. So why should you why should you be surprised that their record is what it is? See, I don't I, think you should. I don't. I agree with what you said for the most part, but I don't think the defense is as bad as we think it is. So we don't, we don't seem to notice the good plays that, that a lot of players around baseball aren't making, especially when we're talking about shortstop. Doesn't mean it's okay. And Schwarber's it's arm a, has been great this year. I, you know, listen, Schwarber, since the, the disaster in St. Louis, has been better. It's been re- especially with the arm. He's, he, his arm has been great. He's cut some balls off. He's getting to balls quicker. Maybe he's a little more focused than he was. He still can't handle a ball that is hit directly at him. Which look for you know for a lot of players that's a hard play, and he has a lot less experience than most everybody else who is playing that position in See, the outfield. I, I know, but but I but look, I watch a lot of games around baseball. Just because other teams are not making plays doesn't mean it's okay that you don't make plays. You, it is it is a formula for winning baseball games: starting pitching and catching the baseball. It's not complicated. But I, I do think that the overall they're catching the baseball. Obviously, Ian Happ should not be playing center field. We're both in agreement there. We'd rather see Almora out there every, every day. But I, I do think for the most part they are. Like we're, we're not bringing up Anthony Rizzo and the alignment they had. They should have had an RBI single. was at very early in the game, the Giants, last night. But because of the alignment, it was a great play by Rizzo over at first base to stop San Francisco from scoring early. I think sometimes we overlook the good plays that a lot of teams aren't making that the Cubs do make. I don't expect 2016 defense. Right. But it better be better than 2017 defense. And I look at the metrics and I don't believe, all right, Eli's going crazy back there. Um, I I don't agree. And I think we know that some of the defensive metrics are just, they're just not reasonable. Because you watch a game and you know that it's it's just not the same. It's not right. Right. It's, the problem is 
the defensive metrics, don't marry yourself to them. Because they will, Sabertricians will admit that it isn't a perfect system. They don't have a great stat yet. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Lots of Cub fans on hold. We're going to get to the White Sox shortly as well. You've got hit and run on the score. What's your take on them for a second? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you until noon. Coming up at 10, Tom Verducci. Mm. 11 o'clock, Adam Berry, who covers the Pirates. 11.30, Bruce Levine. Need legal advice by a reputable attorney? Send questions you want answered to cbschicago.com slash legal advice. And look online for free legal Fridays with Horowitz, Horowitz, and Associates. That's cbschicago.com slash legal advice. Uh, questions, Joe, about whether Bruce Levine survived the Mother's Day dinner <laughs> yes. with his... With his girlfriend, his ex-wife, and his daughter, wasn't that the wasn't that the roster for the night? Yeah, was that the Bruce roster number three to one? Unless there were uh, the, yeah, how many uh, of us have lived my life? Uh, well, our he, lives. He, speaking of the wrong guy, three one two. Oh, no, me too. <laughs> two sisters and my mom. Yeah, and I live in a house with three women. Yeah, and I got no chance. And every vote is four four to nothing <laughs> because uh, I just don't want to feel left out. Go with is all. <laughs> Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the phone number. Um, the the panic over the Cubs, though, it, notwithstanding everything that I said, about, I was just going to say we just spent twenty minutes, right? But that's just a look. That's an honest look at a team that's four games over five hundred on Memorial Day. Okay, and, and that's that, what that, that is. you're honestly if, disappointed in too. And we have a large enough sample size now of a couple of months, of what this team might be. That's, that's what Joe says. That's what Stoney always says. Once you get to that 50-game, third-of-the-season mark, right around there, you kind of know what you have, right? Yeah, I usually look at 60 games. I always thought it was 60, and usually by June 1st. I mean, you're going to change in 10 games? Usually by, by June 1st, you're, you're at 60. Not, yeah. not going to happen right, right. this year. They're at 48 games. They're 26 and 22. Their run differential, which is really good at 65, is mis- is misleading. As we have talked about on this show several times, a lot of their runs have come in a very few games. But notwithstanding all of the things that we're discussing, and it's an honest discussion. As I said, if you want cheerleading, there, there's plenty of places to find it. Notwithstanding all of it, of course they should still win this division. But the Phillies are playing some pretty good baseball. The Josh Hader thing has become a serious weapon for them. It's what I who did I say? Sorry. I was looking at the Phillies. And I got the Phillies on my Well, get to the Phillies. Get to the Phillies. Guess what I've been seeing a lot this weekend? A lot of Joe Carter highlights. We'll get to that. (laughs) Twenty five year anniversary. (laughs) Phillies and Blue Jays are playing this weekend. So thanks for that. So thanks for that. Hey Mitch. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you, Joe Carter. Uh, the Brewers are playing really good baseball, and the Josh Hader thing is huge. It's it's the Andrew Miller thing. I mean, it's it's huge. But Knable's no lock. He's no lock. Uh, I don't love their starting pitching. You know, they, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna score plenty as they did last night. But the Cubs should still win this division. That's not what this is about. This is about getting yourself together, not waiting until. You know, after the All Star break, like they did last year, to get themselves together, and really, even then, while they played much better after the Quintana deal, 
they played well in stretches. They never they never played what I would consider to be really good baseball for a long period of time. It was in fits and starts. And you just don't want to be playing like that going into the postseason. I mean, here we are. It's May, help me, 2027. You know, it's a long way from the postseason. You got to get there. But I still believe they'll win this division. That's not the point. The point is there's some, there's some really simple things to correct here. I mean, Joe Madden, to his credit, has talked over and over again about launch angle and about situational hitting. And after the study that came out on the baseballs the other day, this is what Joe Madden had to say about launch angle. It's one of those things that sounds good, but it doesn't help you. Um, there's certain things that, that people really want to promote um, and talk about, but it doesn't matter. Uh, when a hitter's in the box, launch angle doesn't. I mean, you're trying to stare down 96 or a slider on the edge. The last thing you're thinking about is launch angle. Now, when it comes to practice, you could not necessarily work on angles as much as your body works a certain way. Now, there's, like I said before, there's guys that may have been oppressively um, bad or that they just want to ground balls by rolling over the ball at the time. So, of course, you may want to alter that to, to get that uh, the smothering kind of a swing out of him. But if you're trying to catch up the velocity, you're trying to blade back, and that could keep going on and on. There are there's a time and a place, right? Do you agree with there's, him? Yes, I, I don't entirely agree with him. I, I think that's part of the reason. It's the number of strikeouts in this game isn't all because of the pitchers. Now, yeah, you have the number of hard throwing relievers at an all time high, and there's, I mean, it's it's insane. Some of the pitchers that you see at the end of the game, you, you sometimes you wonder, wait, are these guys better than the starters that they're throwing out there? But I I think there are multiple factors for the number of that there are more strikeouts than hits in baseball right now. I think there are some players that are considering it while they are in the box. You think not? I think there are too many guys that are thinking home run first on every single pitch. I mean, look, there's a time and a place. You don't think Anthony Rizzo thinks home runs at certain times? Of course he does. Certainly early in a count in a situation where you, you know, where you have the opportunity. But look at him last night in an RBI situation where they need a run. And they're not giving, you know, there's no chance for him to turn on an inside fastball or hit something down and low inside if they're not giving him that. It's away, 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 soft, away, away, away. What do you do with soft, away, away, away? Put it away. You just dump it over the shortstop's yeah. head and you drive in a run. That's all. There's not many guys on this team willing to do that, especially with two strikes. Rizzo looks to do it every time yeah, and he's, with two strikes. He's the hitter that struggled more than anybody this year. Wilson Contreras last night, uh, low and inside breaking ball with two strikes. He just went down and just dumped it over the shortstop's head. If he tries to hit that out of the park, he's got no chance. Absolutely no chance. And there's too many guys on this team. And really, I you know, Chris Bryant, he he might be so far this year the biggest example of the guy unwilling to think about taking it taking it and just driving it the other way. Javi Bias. Well, Bias, you know, I mean, but, but I, I give him is, credit with, for the. But I'm just yeah. saying, last night though, I give him credit for that homer, which was out of the zone, by the way. But you have to give the guy credit for a homer. Yeah. But pitcher's not throwing a strike. He's what he had three walks in that half inning. 
I mean, nobody out, and and he swung 2-0? Make him throw a strike. And then, of course, the Quintana swinging at the first pitch. They Situational hitting. They should have had many more runs in that inning. You know, it's like shooting the three. Everybody loves the three, right? That's great when you shoot you're, as many as possible, right? It's great when you're hot. How is it when you're not? I mean, you live by the three, you die by the three, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the home run. I mean, when you're hitting them in bunches, it's look at we're a great home run hitting team. And when you're not, and you're flying out to left over and over and over again with guys on base, look at the Giants. Their situational hitting is terrific. Now, a lot of that probably has to do with the park that they play in. There's not a lot of opportunities there. <laughs> if so you're, you better if you're going for home runs. Good night. Yeah, they know it's over. But you watch them hit, and they go, "Hey, guys on guys on first and third, one out. I'll take a base hit to right. Why is that a bad thing? Well, it's a good you thing know, there because the base hits turn into doubles and triples. <laughs> and and you know, fly balls go to die in a place like that. Uh, you know the when when you play games the way that they have this year. And they've played a lot of them. I mean, it's not just it's not just last night. Played a lot of games that just don't look very good. When you play games like that, there's a lot to criticize. When you win 15 to 7, nobody says anything about it. But if you're watching the 15 to 7 game and in the 15 to 7 game, yeah, there's five home runs, but there's also a bad start and there's also some bad defense. Those things can fester because you're not cleaning them up. There just haven't been that many really clean games. And it's something that you ought to be concerned about. I mean, look, Joe, you said Chris Bryant said it. Joe has said it many times. He wants to see a different kind of game. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Lots of people on hold. We'll get to you next. Get to the White Sox as well. The good and the bad of Jose Abreu. The good and the bad of Tim Anderson. And I, I have a serious question for you about Jose Abreu, which I'll ask you next on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Swung on, and there goes deep left. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Over the bullpen into the crowd. It's Glaber Day. He hits a three-run home run to left field. And like a good Glaber, Torres is there. You do that every time. That highlight courtesy of WFAN, John Sterling, was very popular in New York. It's Glaber Day. I don't think... Are you going to rate the home run call? Go ahead. I don't think you're enjoying that, are you? No, it's bad. Like a good Glaber, Torres is there. I mean, I know. He does a lot of them, so some of them he's going to swing and miss. But, uh, yeah, that's awful. That's not working for you, is it? No. That's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Rosler. At least his partner wasn't talking. (laughs) This is hit and run on the score. Hey, now. That's uncalled for. Oh. Sorry. Um. Theo Epstein was on Mully and Hanley on, uh, was that Friday? Thursday. Thursday morning. And, and was uh, asked about the, the Manny Machado stuff, which it's funny because about a month ago, you and I were on on a Saturday night, and I don't even know how we got on the subject of Machado. I love the player. Love the player. There's no team in baseball. No team. 
in baseball that wouldn't want to find a way to get him on their team. We're He's on the that, air right after the, the Cubs lost to the Cardinals in extra innings. That was a Saturday night. Yeah. I don't even know why we got on the, just because I'm infatuated with Manny Machado. So that's probably why. One of my favorite players in the game, but we were and we were just hypothetically discussing whether it could really work for the Cubs or whether they could do it in season or after the season or what it would cost. And we did, you know, we it's purely hypothetical, and and we laughed about it and joked about it. And I said, you know what? By Monday, it's going to be a rumor. I think I said by Tuesday, it's going to be a rumor. By Monday, it was a rumor. I don't know if it was Heyman or who it was, and then it just Heyman put it out there, seriously. and then it just started becoming a thing and. Got to be a hot topic of conversation. Because he was in town. Because he was in town. That's all. Just because he oh, was, was here. Here's, uh, this was Theo Epstein addressing the rumors uh, and the conversation about Machado on Mully and Hanley on Thursday morning. It's natural for people to connect the dots and for there to be this kind of frenzy from time to time. But it is honestly something we're looking at and just kind of rolling our eyes at. And it is not... Uh, it's not like July where every now and then, you, you know, there's a lot of coverage on deals that are actually being discussed or actually might happen. This one's just out there in fantasy land at this point. Normally teams laugh at stuff that's absurd. There wasn't a lot of laughing going on over there early in the week. It's a lot of embarrassment and a lot of, uh, a lot of shaking of the head, and there w- really was a lot of rolling of the eyes. It embarrassment just- over what? Because this happens everywhere every single year, especially in large markets. Those those big market cities, they think they should get everybody that's available. Yeah, but it wasn't. This wasn't. This really wasn't a big market kind of thing. This is something, you know, small market. <laughs> well, it's just relatively unsophisticated in that. In that, there's a lot of different things a, we're talking about, though. As far as trade rumors, that happens all the time, all the time. You're talking about just some of the silliness that was going on. Well, I'm talking about some of the actual rumors themselves, like like the conversations about the actual players. I found it to be really unsophisticated given the circumstances. People are just throwing, not, people yeah, are just throwing it's everything a, out there. It's yeah. not something that occurs like you expect. You expect this conversation to take place in, in Minnesota or maybe in, uh, maybe in Cincinnati. You know, I I would think that the, you know that some of the people involved would would be wiser along these lines. This is not something that goes on in May. A player like this is not traded in never, May. Never, never. And when a player like this is traded, it's for a monster haul, and it's with some. It's usually with the understanding that that player is not going to be around after the season. So if you're the Chicago Cubs, and this is the conversation we had on on that Saturday night a month ago. If you're going to do something like this, it's not going to be for this player because of how much you have to give up. You can sign him after the season, okay? If if he was the missing piece, you know, if if you're the Yankees and it's Cole Hamels, well, then, you know, you, you consider something like that, even if it's a rental, because you, you think that piece wins you the World Series. This piece doesn't win you the World Series. Thank you. The problem here is the starting pitching, which there is no solution for unless you've got somebody you can call up from the minors, and they have one guy who's probably going to get called up this week, but whether he's the solution or not, I don't know. But if you're starting five, which is 
an expensive starting five that was supposed to be top five in baseball doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Manny Machado doesn't solve your problems any more than Aaron Judge would solve your problem. You want Aaron Judge? Joe Ostrowski, you want Aaron Judge? Yeah, sign me up. All right, then let's do that. Let's do that. Why don't we just start that rumor? Why don't you start that rumor? Does that solve the Cubs' problems? So many different things to hit on there. Okay, the pitching. It's expensive. Why? Because of their own doing. They haven't been able to develop their own pitching. They did that by design. They drafted and developed position players because they felt those were safer, and they hit on those guys big time. Okay, we'll spend our money on pitching. So you're spending money on 30-year-old guys. So made the trade for Hendricks. And you made a trade for Quintana. And you gave up a haul. And and then you bring in the other guys as free agents. Okay, fine. That can work. But but now we sit. You're going to have to deal with probably injuries like we've seen with Darvish. They've actually been relatively lucky over the last couple of seasons. And the reason that you see around the trade deadline talks around starters and relievers is because they have the ability with the baseball in their hands to have more impact than a position player. You don't usually see these over-the-top moves or what the team feels is an over-the-top move, like Araldis Chapman two years ago for a position player getting three to four at-bats. People were going wild for Manny Machado. He hits a home run off of Hector Santiago. Oh, my God. People haven't seen him. This guy's a great player. He's a superstar. Oh, this man, you got to get Manny Machado because he hit a home run off of Hector Santiago. Yeah, guess Are what? Are you watching he, baseball? Guess what? He's been good for a really long time. He's been time. really good. And he was is a this, lot better at third base, too. Is he a new player to a lot of people in this town? Yes. Okay. I think so. All right. But nobody was talking about Manny Machado the next two nights when he had back-to-back 0-4 games against the White Sox. Nobody was talking about Manny Machado. Nobody was bringing that up, that he just went 0-4 back-to-back games. Not that he's bad. The point is, that's what players do. So then, is he worth that haul if he does that in back-to-back games in the playoffs for you? Then you're regretting the move. This is why teams trade for arms, 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 even though the Cubs' bullpen has been fantastic. They're going to trade for more relief pitching in July. They, you know, given what they've invested in their starting rotation, they're they're kind of stuck. They're I mean, absolutely it, stuck. It, it kind of is what it is. I think that's it, why people are running to Machado because they realize they're stuck with this rotation. Well, then you add more bullpen arms in in June and July. Thank you. We had this conversation on the phone this week. I asked you, would it? Would you rather have what it's going to take to land Machado or give up less? And have what you feel is a lockdown bullpen. Sign me up for the bullpen. Absolutely. Not that I don't want Manny Machado. I want him on this team. I I want the Cubs to go after him in free agency big time. Do the same people who just found out who Manny Machado is (laughs) know that Nolan Arenado is a pretty good player too? Not Not having a good year, but also a guy you'd like to have on your team? Like, would they be surprised to find out that he's good too? Maybe. The Cubs they, do play have, oh, the, they do play the Rockies okay, from time so, to time. So they've so. heard of him? I think they've heard of him. It's just kind of, I mean, it, you know. But it was because it, he was in town, then okay. he hits the homer in the first game. And, and he's that the perfect player for the fuel to the fire, yeah. Just there was a lot of head shaking at Wrigley Field. There was a lot of like, I've said it many, many times. When, when people didn't understand the seven is more than six, I envisioned Theo Epstein waking up in Mesa and saying I got dropped in the middle of a damn cornfield. Like I thought I was leaving Boston to go to a major market, and I've been dropped into the middle of a cornfield. This is not Boston. This is not Philly. This is not New York. 
It might as well be Des Moines. I mean, like, you've got to be kidding me Well, they've, ne- they've never seen consistent winning. Not, that, not to give excuses, but yeah, what would I mean, the, the conversation first, be? The first day he runs into, he runs into reporters asking him it, it, why he didn't become a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> if, if, he, if, he, if he was going to sign Albert Pujols and, uh, and Prince Fielder, after he had just sat there and said, I'm not doing that. Are you kidding me? Well, Holy Moses. You had and, the Pujols jersey, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. I've jersey. saved all those tweets, by the way. I still have them. And and then he runs into Ronnie Woo Woo outside, and he says what he's going to do, and he does it. And then seven is more than six, and and he's out. He's he's out shucking corn. Okay, he's so going, what what he's are we going, saying? I, I need a tractor. Someone get me a tractor. Fast forward. I need, I need to plow a field. Where am I? Fast forward when the conversation is like Harper Machado now. Oh, Chris Bryant, five hundred million dollar contract. I can't believe he called him up. You just could have waited two more weeks. The same people, right? Absolutely. Uh, we got to get to a break and to Tom Verducci. And those of you on hold, I'm sorry we didn't get to you. There's so much to talk about today, as is always the case, on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 